Thank you for listening to the third episode of Ask Ronnie. This is your host, Ronnie. And on this particular episode, I will be discussing um, domestic violence. This is my story. And um, I hope you guys are inspired to continue to be friends and continue to be a support system and continue to um, embrace women who are victims of uh, criminal domestic violence situations. Um, I just want to say thank you for listening to this particular episode. I will not make this intro long. Um, But yeah, make sure you share this episode with others. And um, again, if you are a victim of domestic violence and you are listening to this episode, this particular episode is dedicated to you. So I met my ex-husband my junior year in high school. It was actually the first day of my junior year. Um, I was attending Eau Claire High School. Shout out to them shamrocks. <laughs> and um, at the time, I didn't know he didn't attend Eau Claire. You know, I just thought he was, you know, a senior. Um, but he he wasn't even supposed to be there. He was there for, an, I, I do not know what reason, but, you know, he saw me. He came up to me. He asked me for my number. I gave him my number. And, you know, when I turned around, his ass was gone. Um, But again, I was 15. He at the time was 19. It was like a month before um, my 16th birthday. And, you know, we talked on the phone. We hung out. Um, I started skipping school some days to kind of hang out with them. And lo and behold, my little ass got pregnant. Um, so when I got pregnant, um, we never discussed having an abortion. I didn't believe in abortions or anything like that. You know, my mom didn't believe in it. My mom's actually a pastor at the time she was an evangelist. So it wasn't anything that I could convince my mom of to make her think that I would want to have an abortion. She wasn't having it. So um, went through my pregnancy. I had like, I had a really good pregnancy physically, but emotionally that shit was draining. Like, you know, I had to spend my 11th grade year, part of my 11th grade year, um, pregnant my summer. I was pregnant the entire summer. It was awful. Like we broke up like the first three months of my pregnancy and my mom was like, yo, this dude is not going to support your son. Um, he's going to be a diaper dad or, you know, he's just not going to be around. And like towards the end of my pregnancy, right before my senior year, like he came around, you know, bought my son's bedding, his crib, car seat, stroller, you know, bought all the major necessities for him. So, you know, my mom kind of was like, okay, well, shit, he's going to turn around. Um, she always threatened statutory rape because again, we had that age difference. By the time I ended up giving birth to my son, I was 16, he was 20 and my mom, she just, she just really never liked the fact that, you know, he was older than me. I guess she felt like he manipulated me, but you know, eventually my mom got over that shit. But, um, you know, for my senior year, you know, I had my son, you know, my grades were great. Me and him were cool. We had our little, you know, little teenage arguments and whatnot. But 
we were good. Um, but, um, shit, stuff just started happening. And now looking at it, looking at it now as an adult, I could see that he mind fucked me just by going through some of the things that I'm going to tell you. Um, so when I was a uh, a senior in high school, his brother, he has a younger brother. He was a freshman. And I remember going to school one day and it was warm, you know, um, I had on shorts, a little shirt, you know, mind you, when me and him met, I was probably like 160 pounds. I was, I was pretty athletic, had a really nice body. Um, after I had my son, I lost, not only did I lose all my pregnancy weight, but I lost like an additional 30 pounds. I went down to like 130 and I was like fucking olive oil. Like I was skinny as shit. Um, but that's just, you know, just giving you guys some insight of how I looked. Like I wasn't a bad looking girl, but I was just really small. Um, but again, you know, like I was saying, his brother went to school with me and one day I had on these little shorts and a little tank top and, you know, you always try to push the limits when you're in school so you know I used to just wear whatever and I, I could get away with it because I was small but his brother told him yeah you know she came to school with some little shorts on and all the boys was talking da, 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 whatever and um he didn't like it she's like yo you can't be going to school wearing them shorts da, 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 da. and I'm like yo I mean what the fuck the school ain't say shit why the fuck you care about me wearing shorts you know I'm dumbfounded like whatever Um, so, you know, I was dealing with those types of things. So I had to kind of change the way that I was dressing because I didn't want to disappoint my son's father. Um, so the first actual physical incident happened probably a month or so after that particular incident. I remember we were, um, in his car and we were on our way to Dunkin' Donuts, like, at the time, the Dunkin' Donuts on, what's that, Broad River, had, um, oh yeah, and I'm in South Carolina, by the way, so that's why I'm making references. <laughs> but the Dunkin' Donuts on Broad River had um, a Baskin Robbins. So I was like, yo, I want like some ice cream and I want some donuts. So he was like, okay, cool. So we were riding in the car and I can't remember what the joke was or what we were talking about. But, um, I remember saying like, man, fuck that. Or I might've said like, fuck you. And all of a sudden I feel the back of his hand hitting my fucking face, like pop, like, and it was just like super like strong and loud and painful. And I remember grabbing my face, like, what the fuck? Like, dude, you you just hit me and I'm shocked. Like not, it's like, I ain't never ever been slapped in my face before. Cause my mom, you know, my mom a little crazy. She, she just slapped me a few times. Cause I got a little slick mouth, but that's different. Like this man, didn't sl- like you, you fucking backhanded me. You're in the driver's seat and you take your fucking most powerful hand and you slap me in my fucking face. And I'm just like in awe, like, God dang, dude, what the fuck? I said, what the fuck? the fuck why'd you slap me he was like oh shit 
I was just joking. Like I, I was just playing. I, I didn't mean to slap you. I, I, I didn't, it wasn't intended for that. And by that time, you know, tears was running down my face and I'm like, man, what the fuck? Why'd you, why'd you hurt me? Like this hurts. Like you're not supposed to put your hands on me. And you know, he apologized and you know, I kind of just swept it under the rug. Um, and you know, from that point forward, like from that point, um, until the next incident, everything was cool. So, you know, I graduated high school and, um, the summer of 99, you know, after I graduated, you know, I was accepted into a few colleges, some local, um, some out of the state. And, um, at this time, you know, originally from Las Vegas, my mom was ready to go back home. You know, she waited for me to finish high school, um, before she was ready to move. So she was like, Hey, you know, my nickname is Pooh. So she's like, a poo, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm ready to go back home. Like, let's go. Like, I'm like, ma, I can't go back to Las Vegas. You know, I have a son. I'm with his dad. You know, things are good. You know, I can't just leave and take my son back to Las Vegas. And, you know, me and him are gone from his father, you know. So my mom was like, look, I'll take Chris. And Chris is my son. Um, You can go to school full time, stay on campus come back home and visit and you know baby daddy basically he can he can figure it out like he can come visit him when he wants or whatever but you know I want you to go to school I want you to you know do what you want to do and at that time I wanted to be a lawyer um and you know I was just like no mom you know how about I just stay here in South Carolina you can go back to Las Vegas and you know I'll visit you when you know when when need be or whatever so my mom was I've never seen my mom look so disappointed or hurt um before like she just looked like this wasn't the best decision but she couldn't stop me because at that time you know well I was 17 but she could but she really couldn't um but she let me make that decision and she ended up moving back to Las Vegas and I ended up moving in with him and his mom and dad and his younger brother. And, you know, everything was cool. Um, the only downfall was uh, at that time, you know, I was what, 17, um, turning 18. I didn't have a license. So um, I ended up getting a permit and he was teaching me how to drive. And, you know, I was not good at driving at all. I took a driver's ed, but shit I made a C (laughs) my driving skills was horrible um so again you know he was teaching me how to drive and um you know I got my permit and everything was cool I ended up um going to school I enrolled in um Benedict for their spring semester so everything was looking up for me I had a little part-time job um everything was perfect um, but I ended up getting pregnant again, um, with my second son, as you guys know, Ty, you, if you listen to the previous um, podcast, you know who Ty is. So I ended up getting pregnant with Ty. Um, and my mom was so freaking disappointed and she 
wanted me to leave and come back to Las Vegas because she said that she did not leave her daughter in South Carolina to get pregnant and I had things I was going to be doing and you know you're not gonna be able to do that with two kids yada 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 so I'm dealing with that and I you know just so much was going on during this pregnancy it was a hard pregnancy emotionally because you know I'm, I'm freaking 19 and well I was 18 at the time and I'm pregnant again and you know I'm living with my boyfriend's parents and I ain't even got my shit together but I'm about to have another damn baby so um one incident um we were driving and we went to the grocery store came out the grocery store putting shit in the car I you know again anytime we went anywhere because I was trying to get my license and he was teaching me how to drive you know I drove so I get into the driver's seat and I'm backing out and I guess I wasn't really paying attention like I should have and I almost hit a car so he got upset and was like, yo, you, you almost hit this fucking car. And I'm like, dude, it wasn't on purpose. It was an accident. He's like, well, you need to watch what the fuck you're doing. And I was like, man, fuck you and fuck this car. So he was like, well, shit, get out the fucking driver's seat. I'm driving my motherfucking car. So I was like, All right, shit, I don't give a fuck. I'll sit my ass in the passenger seat. I don't feel like driving anyway. So um, we're leaving the grocery store and he's still talking shit and I'm talking shit back. Like, you just not going to tell me anything. You know, I didn't fucking try to hit that man or the car. I, I don't know if it was a man or a car. I know I was about to hit something <laughs> and he was like overly upset. So he like, like mushed me in my face. So I mushed his ass back in the face. Don't put your fucking hands on me. Like the fuck. So I remember driving, well him driving and I remember him driving the car and stopping on like this busy ass road. So I'm like, is he about to put me out? You know, my son's in the back seat. I'm in the front seat. Like, yo, you about to put me out on the, out of the car? And he, at this time, like back when like my senior year and like, I'm usually, usually I have short hair, like, but you know, I end up wearing wigs and all that other stuff. But you know, at this time I had just got my fucking hair done and he grabbed my hair. Mind you, it's short, very short took my fucking head and my hair and just started bamming my fucking head into the window I don't know how many times he did that shit but that shit was like fucking crucial and I'm just like yo what the fuck this nigga hitting me and my head hitting the fucking window like what the fuck this shit hurt like oh god like and just boom 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 and then he finally stopped and I'm like what the fuck what are you why'd you do that and I'm crying my son in the backseat crying he's like don't you ever disrespect me like that. I'm just like, man, fuck. So we get to his mom's house and he gets out the car and he's starting to try to put in the groceries. But I run in the house with my son and I lock all the doors. So I lock the doors um, and I run into my bedroom and I lock my bedroom door. And I'm thinking like, yo, so he can't fucking do nothing to me. He'll be outside. He'll cool off or whatever. No. Like 20 seconds later, I'm on the bed holding my son because he's crying and I'm crying. He kicked in that door and I was like, oh, fuck. He just started punching me in my fucking face. Left, right, boom, boom, boom. And I'm just holding my son, like protecting him. Like, yo, just don't hit my baby. And mind you, I'm pregnant. At the time, I probably was about four months pregnant. And, you know, he just fucking my head up, just, just going crazy. 
And like I said, y'all, like I was in South Carolina by myself. Like I didn't have, I had my friends, but like I, I'm still to this day, I really don't have like family. Like um, I have two nephews here um, that reside here, but of course they're, 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 they're babies now. Like they're not old enough, but you know, back then it was just me and my son and I depended on his family and I had like a few friends, but you know, I couldn't really tell my friends what was going on because it wasn't like they had room for me and my son to just move in with them. And then I'm pregnant and it's not like, yo, I got this extra room for you and Christopher and Tyreek to, you know, come in. It was like, you know, I'm, I'm doing this on my own. So, you know, and that's, let me just say that while I'm explaining this is that that's the one step that people do. Um, and I'm going to say people, men or an abuser, they take you away from your friends. And if you have family, you know, sometimes you're not able to be around your family like that. But, you know, my friends, they never knew the extent of some of the things that I was going through until, you know, it escalated. So, you know, after this incident, I stopped talking to him for a while, but I couldn't talk to, I had to talk to him. Um, you know, eventually because shit, I was stuck in his house with his mom and his dad. So other little things happened, you know, where he would pop me in the face while I was pregnant. Um, and you know, I just, I stayed, you know, just thinking like, okay, things are going to get better. He's going to stop. He's going to realize this is wrong. And, you know, months down the road, I ended up giving birth to my son. And a month later, um, I ended up getting an apartment so I only stayed with his mom and his dad and his brother for like a year and I ended up getting my own spot and when I ended up getting my own spot of course you know I'm moving him in he got he has the car I still didn't have a license at that time um so I relied on him for transportation and you know that was my family that was my my boyfriend and you know I was hoping that we were gonna get married and you know things were were supposed to be great for us so we moved into the apartment and, you know, things were fine at first. And then it started up at the apartment. Um, My friend, and she's still my friend at the time. Well, she was my friend at the time and she still is my friend now. She came over with her boyfriend and we were sitting in the living room. And she probably was going to listen to this and say, damn, I didn't even know that happened, you know. But we were sitting in the living room and it just so happened that her boyfriend was somebody I went to high school with. Um, And like... Let me just explain this. When we first moved to South Carolina at a younger age, I um, stayed in West Columbia. So I had a set of friends in West Columbia. Then I had my set of friends that were in Columbia. So this particular um, friend of mine, we were friends. um, She was one of my first friends that I met when I moved to South Carolina. And her boyfriend at the time, he was um, a guy that I went to, you know, school with as well. So I knew him and we were all just chilling in the living room and I didn't think anything of it. You know, it's just the three of us just talking, having a good time, nothing sexual at all. Um, and so when he walks in, you know, my boyfriend, you know, my ex-husband, whatever at the time we, um, boyfriend at the time, ex-husband now, um, he walked in. I was like, Hey, you know, this is my friend and this is her boyfriend. We all went to school together and they just came to visit. You know, I'm all excited, you know, introducing him to my friends 
And he was like, what's up? And he just kept walking. Like, he didn't stay in the living room and try to talk to us or anything. And I guess they caught the vibe. I already knew, like, oh, Lord, he's mad. They probably stayed another five minutes and they left. So when they left, I was like, yo, look, what's the problem? Like, why? Why would you be upset, you know, that my friend is here? He's like, don't you ever have no other man in my house while I'm not here? And I'm just like, dude, that's her boyfriend. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And here we go. He fucking takes me by my motherfucking neck, slams me up against the wall and just starts choking me. Like, just holding me up like, bitch, I'll fuck you up. Don't you ever have no other man in my motherfucking house? And he drops me. And I'm like, yo, get the fuck out. Like, this is my spot. You're going to get the fuck out because you can't put your fucking hands on me and something that I'm paying the bills for. I mean, you're paying your bills. I'm paying my bills. This is my spot. Get the fuck out. So he leaves and he probably uh, stayed out um, maybe two days, went back to his mama house. And of course, I don't have transportation to go to the grocery store. I can't get to work. I needed him. I I relied on him. So he comes back. And, you know, everything is cool. And then here goes another incident where he gets mad at me and his brother is there at this time. So his brother at the time probably was in the 11th grade, going to the 12th grade. Um, And, you know, we get into an argument and it probably, I think it was something about that fucking car. And he got mad at me and, you know, we were in the kitchen just arguing and Let me just say this. I never put my hands on him first. I may have said some slick shit and it was never to the point where I would be, it was disrespectful. Where I felt like disrespectful to me is where I'm talking about your mama. I'm talking about your daddy. I'm doing something to really antagonize you. My type of disrespectful would be like, man, fuck that shit or fuck you or something like that. And that would just, would cause him to fucking snap. And it's just like, I can't, I'm not going to censor my language for you because you feel like you can't control the word fuck or you can't control the word shit. Like being a fucking adult, like you should be able to control those types of words. I'm not disrespecting you. So this particular incident, he like went fucking crazy on me. He picked me up. He slammed me. He stomped me. And after his brother grabbed him, he fucking spit on me. And I'm laying on the floor like damn like why would you do this like and you know you just it's I was at a fucking loss like you you fucking picked me up you did all this shit I got two of your sons in another room and you not only do you 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 slam me but you fucking stomp me and you spit on me like the mother of your kids and you know I kicked him out it was just a cycle So eventually we bought a house, you know, we bought our first house. I was 21. He was either 24, 25. And, um, you know, it just the little stuff. Like he was such a mental abuser. Like he would just say certain things and make me feel a certain type of way. I couldn't wear thongs. I couldn't wear tight clothes. If I did wear something tight, I would have to have something to cover my ass. I couldn't wear um, anything sexual or not sexual. I couldn't wear anything that, that was, that was, you know, like that showed my little figure. Cause after I had my second son, you know, I had a little bit of a shape, but I couldn't show, I couldn't wear anything that would show anything 
uh, not show anything, but that would show off my body because he was just so fucking possessive. And, um, it just, it just kept escalating and just kept going. And the, the last incident, um, that happened before, you know, the next things that I'm going to tell you, um, we got into an argument and he punched me in my fucking nose and I don't know what he did to my nose. Um, because to this day, it's hard to wear glasses for a long period of time. Certain glasses, some glasses don't affect me, but certain glasses hurt my nose and I can't wear glasses for a long, I hate contact. So it's like, sometimes I can't wear glasses because they hurt my nose. So he hit me in my nose and blood was everywhere. And I just, I felt like, you know what? I'm tired of holding this in. I'm tired of not telling people I'm tired of being at this house and he's manipulating me and he's controlling me and now he's abusing me in our brand new house that we just bought and at that point I left because I had my license finally I got my license at like 20 um I drove to his mother's house and I told her to watch my children because I was going to go spend a night with my homegirl And she was like, why? And I was like, your son is abusing me. He is beating me up. He has been beating me up since I was 16. He has been slapping me. He has been controlling me. He has been doing all this stuff to me. And I can't keep putting up with this. Like, I am here alone. You guys are my only family. And I can't keep allowing your son to damage me mentally. So... His mom like was so sweet and she's still sweet to this day. Like she's like a really great grandmother. She, you know, pulls me in. She's like, you're not going anywhere. And his dad was livid. Um, His dad left. He drove to our house and, you know, I wasn't there for the conversation. So I can only say what, you know, my ex-husband told me basically was like, you know, he told him like, yo, if you put your hands on this woman again, I'm gonna fuck you up. Like you can't just be putting your hands on her. This is the mother of your children. This is the person that you want to marry. You can't just be beating up on her all the time. Like she's not your fucking little puppy where you can just drag her around and do all that extra shit to her. Like you can't be fucking her up like that. And, you know, he went to, you know, went into detail with telling him some of the things that he did at his age to his mother. Um, And, you know, at that point going forward, um, not going forward because, you know, I got more to tell y'all. But for five years, from that point up to five years, he stopped beating me. So... You know, he didn't put his hands on me, but it was more, that's when the mental shit started happening. So with me being 21, you know, I never got the chance to spend a night with my friends. I didn't go to the club. I didn't do any of that type of stuff. And I got tired of just being like a mom only. Like I love my boys, but it was like, I didn't get to live my life. It was like, I was a mom since 16 and you know, my friends were doing just the most. They were hanging out and they were just doing all kinds of stuff. So 
because his dad threatened him that, you know, if you put your hands on her again, I'm gonna fuck you up. I said, well, shit, this is the perfect time for me to live a little. So, um, I convinced him that I should be able to wear what I want to wear. So I started being able to wear what I want to wear. I started hanging out. It was just like, this was like really good time for me. Um, at the time I was working at a bank and, um, I had this friend at work and she would hang out every fucking Wednesday. So on Wednesdays, I would pretend to go to school and I would hang out with her. And this is just this one Wednesday. Um, I remember I told him I was at my homegirl house and my homegirl mom picked up the phone and was like, no, she's not over here. And he was looking for me. And I was at the NCO club just having like the time of my fucking life. It was like the best thing ever. And I never forget, I was driving down um, this long ass road and I was like heading home and I was trying to change into like regular clothes because I had on club clothes or whatever. And he pulled up on me. I was so fucking scared, but I said in the back of my mind, your daddy told you if you put your motherfucking hands on me again, you are going down. So it was like, whatever. I'm just, it's like a child that's rebelling against their parents. So I felt like, you know, I wanted to, I just wanted to live a little bit. So, um, you know, that shit fizzled out or whatever. And I went back to my normal old self. Um, we ended up getting married. I ended up having another son. And, you know, during the time frame of me staying, um, not staying, but during the time frame of me having the three boys at the time, um, he wasn't physically abusive, but he was still kind of controlling. Like he would, um, make me feel like I wanted to buy my own car. It was like, he would buy a car and pass it down to me. And I was just like, dude, I want to buy my own car. And he just was like, no, you don't have to buy your own car. You know, I couldn't do anything without his fucking permission. Um, so, uh, I remember I had a miscarriage and, you know, I was so freaking distraught about my miscarriage. I was having a little boy and, um, you know, I was just really, really sad and just, you know, and it was like, he wasn't, he didn't care. It was like, he was just concerned about himself and we got into an argument and instead of him like hitting me, he just like kind of like pushed me. When he pushed me, he hit me up against this dresser. And the, when he hit me, when he pushed me up against the dresser, the drawer was open. So I, my back hit the damn dresser. And now I have this fucking keloid on my back because it was a scar that I never went to the doctors. I never went to the hospital. I never did anything because, you know, I didn't want people to know what was going on inside my household. The only people that knew was his family. My mom, I never told my mom. I never told my dad, my sisters, my brothers. I never told anybody. It was like I was suffering in silence, but his family knew. Um, so it was like little things that were happening um, that, you know, I wouldn't, I wasn't thinking like, oh gosh, he's still physically abusing me. I was just like living through it. And, you know, now that looking back at it, I'm just like, no, this dude was fucking mentally and physically abusing me during the whole time that we were together. Um, uh, I don't know if we, like, if I told you guys, we ended up getting married. Um, and once we got married, you know, things were good. Things were, things were better. You know, I just knew that we were going to be together forever. Um, 
So a year after we got married, well, it was almost a year after we got married, um, the day before my son's birthday, uh, he got a call that his father had passed away and, you know, his father, oh Lord bless his soul. But he was a really good guy. Like I loved his dad. His dad was like really awesome. Um, so when his dad died, you know, I, I didn't think anything of, you know, the abuse again. I was just like, you know, well, you know, hopefully everything will be as is. Um, I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter and had her and, you know, things were fine. Um, but like when she was about a month old, uh, we got into an argument and that's when the abuse started again. I had her in my arms. She was a month to the day. Um, and I, I don't know what we were arguing about, but I remember he slapped me and I'm like, oh gosh, here you go again. So you just had to wait until your father passed away to put your hands on me. And now I'm holding my daughter and you slapped me. Like, what if I had to dropped her out my arms because you slapped me? Like, what the fuck? Like, wh- why are you doing this again? You know, we're supposed to be past that. And it, it shit just started all over. Um, and by this time, my mom ended up moving back to South Carolina. And so I felt like I had a little bit of a support system. So um, when he had, when he hit me, you know, at that point, you know, I was like, okay, I can deal with that. You know, maybe he was just mad. You know, I'm not going to put my family in all our business or anything like that. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it and just, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen again. So the next incident we were laying in the bed and um, we were watching music videos. Like at this time, you know, music videos used to be popular. So I'm watching music videos and I'm just like, yo, I love Pleasure P. That's when he was with Pretty Ricky. And I'm like, yo, this dude has such an amazing voice. And he was like, oh, you like that childish ass music? Da, 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 da. I was like, well, I just like the, the singer. Like, I just think he's dope. And we were going back and forth about that. And he ended up throwing the remote control in my face. And I'm thinking to myself, like, yo, you just busted my lip. You know, I'm about to start this new job on Monday because it was a Saturday. Like, what the fuck? Like, my lip is busted. Like, how am I supposed to take, you know, how am I going to face anybody with my fucking face like this? Like, you can't keep putting your hands on me. So I jumped out the bed and I'm like, yo, I'm leaving. Like, I'm not, you're not going to keep doing this shit to me. And he gets out the bed and he chokes me. And from him choking me, he slams me on the ground and he just starts punching me. And I'm on the floor and then my, my kids start running in. At the time, you know, my daughter, she was a baby. So I, she was probably asleep somewhere. But, you know, they come running in and they're crying. And so I left and I went to my mom's house. But I never told my mom, like, what was going on. I was just like, yo, we just got into it. And um, I just I just don't want to be with him no more. But, you know, my mom was just like, you know, this is your marriage. You know, give it a chance. Da, 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 da. And so I go back. But at this point, I prayed. And I told myself, if this man ever puts his hands on you again, Ronika, you need to fucking leave. Like, be gone. Your mom's here. You have support. You don't have to put up with this shit. So the final incident, it was on my sister's birthday. And we went out, you know, it was like the guys were hanging out because my sister ended up moving back too. 
so it was me, my sister, and a bunch of my homegirls from the job that I was um, currently working at in a previous job. And he was hanging out with his homeboys and my sister's husband. So we arrived to the club, like me and my sister and a few of my homegirls, because some of them didn't want to go. We were drunk as hell. And we get to the club and I'm like, yo, I'm calling him. Why he not? you know, answering the the phone. Like I don't have cash on me and they're only accepting cash to get into the club. Like he needs to answer the phone. So my sister's husband, he comes out and he pays for us to get in. And I'm like, yo, where's, where's my dude at? And he's like, oh shit, he over there. And I'm like, over there doing what? And it was like, you know, it was like, he was trying to allude to the fact that he was like talking to somebody else. So when I finally meet up with him, I'm like, dude, I was outside the damn club waiting on you. Why you didn't, you know, come to the door? And he was like, well, I was up in here trying to buy a drink, da 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 And, you know, I'm like, all right, Ronnie, you, 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 you drunk, so calm down. And, you know, at that point, you know, I stopped talking, but he just kept going, you know, because he was drunk too. I'm just like, yo, I bought you that fucking wig you got on. I bought you them fucking shoes. I bought you that fucking dress. And you gonna come in here and you tripping on me? And I'm like, dude, like, it's cool. Like, okay, I was tripping. We good. Calm down. Of course he ain't calm the fuck down. You know, he's still cussing me out. And I'm just sitting there not saying shit. Because I realize I'm drunk and I was tripping. So let me not say anything because I don't want to fuel the fire. Of course he does his same move that he's been doing picks me up and this time he slams me on the fucking table in the club and pours beer on me and I'm fucking humiliated like I'm just like you know just laying there on the floor where he's pouring beer and I'm thinking to myself like yo where the fuck is the help like nobody sees this motherfucker like beating me up or pouring fucking beer on me like nobody sees this shit nobody's helping everybody's just looking nobody wants to say anything to this fucking crazed ass man that's doing this shit to me and so my sister she comes up you know and she tries to stop you know everything from happening and her husband just you know pulls her back like yo like just you know let this go and you know that shit was so fucking embarrassing. Like I've never, you know, aside from his brother and, you know, my kids, I've never had people that were able to witness the shit that, you know, he's done. And granted we were both intoxicated, but that don't matter. Like you don't just do. And at that time I was his wife. You don't do that type of shit to your wife, the mother of your kids, the person that's been holding you down. You don't do that type of shit. And at that point, I said, fuck it. I'm not going back. I am not going back. And I didn't go back. Um, I ended up living with my mom for a while and, you know, bouncing from her to my sister's until he left the house and I ended up going back to the house but he had a key and he would always just like make me feel like he just was spying on me and I didn't really get to live my life so I ended up leaving the house and allowing him to keep the house and just moving out and when I tell you guys that was the best fucking decision that I've ever made in my life leaving that particular situation 
it was refreshing. Like I, I lost maybe 20 pounds um, because I was so used to cooking breakfast and lunch, dinner, and making sure he ate that I was able to get up mornings and say, y'all can go fix yourself some cereal, you know, go make a sandwich. And for dinner, I'm gonna eat a motherfucking salad, but I'm gonna cook for y'all, but I can eat something light. Like it was so fucking amazing. Like, and you know, I could hang out with my friends and I could drink and I could spend the night and have sleepovers. And it was just some of the things that a person would take for granted that I was able to do at that point in my life. It was amazing. And, you know, my friends couldn't, they just, they just didn't understand. Like, why are you so happy to just be going out and having dinner with just your friends and not checking for stuff? And it was like, I wasn't able to do that for such a long period of my time. Like, although I had that little rebellious stage, it was like, I knew I was coming back home to an attitude, but now I'm coming home to nothing. I'm coming home to myself. I could just be free. And it was, it was so fucking great. And I just remember my mom saying, I've never seen you this happy before in your whole life. Like, and she was happy for me. She was like, girl, I ain't seen you all weekend. Where you been? <laughs> I'm living my best life, sis. I'm just out here doing it. And like, it was great. And, um, you know, my kids, I know they suffered through the whole abuse situation and then when me and their dad separated you know that was another blow and then when me and their dad um ended up getting a divorce you know that was something else but you know I talked to my kids during you know during everything like after I mean like when I was being abused of course I didn't talk to them like that because you know but you know after you know I just let them know like this is not the type of stuff that you would want to see anybody going through you saw your mom going through it you know, you have a little sister now. You don't want that type of stuff for your sister. So, you know, it was hard. It was very difficult um, as a transition for my kids because that's all they knew. They just knew me and their dad. They knew nothing else. And for them to be with me or for them to be with their dad, because he's an awesome dad. I mean, even back then, he just wasn't the, the type of man that I needed to be with or, you know, any other woman at that point you know, until he got the assistance he needed, but he was always, you know, a great dad was never abusive to them. Um, somewhat controlling. Um, but you know, it wasn't to the point where he wouldn't allow them to express who they were. It was just, you know, that type of, you need to do this and do that. It wasn't, you know, extreme like he would do with me. Um, but you know, I always, thanked his father for allowing me that little bit of space and that little bit of freedom for that time frame where I felt like I was able to just be who I was supposed to be. Although I still had that control, I sacrificed a little bit of my livelihood. Um, well, I wouldn't say I sacrificed. Well, I did, but it was like I was willing to sacrifice being yelled at, being um, ignored and all of that just for a little taste of freedom and you know I always thanked his dad for that and then after his dad passed you know it was just like oh shit the cycle's starting all over again but you know um but you know some of the long-term effects 
to abuse. Um, it's like just mental, you know, you, you know, when you see, if you look in somebody's eyes, like you can kind of, like the eyes is the gateway to that person's soul. But anytime I looked into my ex-husband's eyes when he was about to do something to me, or even before he, even when, during the time frame when he wasn't abusing me, his eyes always read abuse. They always looked angry and they, it was, it was so fucking scary. And now with dating people and they get upset or they raise their voice or they tend to get upset and they, um, you know, they they react like in a fast manner, you know, it causes me to jump or, you know, when, um, it's just certain things that trigger me thinking like, yo, this can happen again. So some of the long-term effects for a woman who has been abused is that they feel like somebody else is probably going to do the same thing. And we tend to react a little bit faster. I know that if I met somebody and I felt like he was going to do that to me, it would be more of a, you know, I'm going to defend myself a little bit harder because shit, if the person that I married, the, the father of all of my children can do this to me and I've def- defended myself to a certain extent, I'm not going to allow a man off the street to do something to me and I'm not going to defend myself to another extent, you know. Um, I feel like my memory, because I forget stuff all the time and this is what bothers me. Um, and this is what makes me like hella emotional because sometimes I forget and um, not until recently, well, I was just like thinking about certain things and I'm like you know what I bet a lot of that head trauma that I had for that long period of time has caused me not to remember certain things and caused me to just just forget like I forget the simplest things I have a great long-term memory but it's like certain things that like names and um if I'm looking at my phone and I need to remember a phone number. I have to write it down because I'm not going to remember it right then and there. And I feel like, you know, he bashed my head in so many fucking times. Cause I didn't tell y'all every single fucking incident that I know I suffered some type of, of issue with my memory. And I, I, and, and I don't know. It, it, that's just how I feel about it. And going into different relationships with people and people just not understanding how when a woman is abused, um, they don't want to be controlled. I don't want people to tell me how to live my life or what I can do or what I can't do, or you should be doing this. Like in the first episode of ask Ronnie, you guys know that I said I had an issue with, um, call me when you get home. Why? I don't want to call you because when I was married, he would make me call me. He would make me call him on my lunch break, my 15 minute break. I didn't want to do any of that shit. So it's like I got somebody else coming into my life who's a really good person that's telling me, hey, I'm just telling you to do that because I'm concerned. But I'm so used to somebody telling me to do that because they want to control and see where I'm at and time me and all of that other stuff. So, you know. It's just, it's such a, a process that a person has to go through. It's a long process, but eventually, you know, um, I'm not going to say I'm a hundred percent, um, when it comes to, um, being over that, but I've learned to get through it. Like I have 
awesome friends and I have a really great family and um, my kids are the best. So, you know, my advice to anyone that's going through this is to tell somebody like, and I think that was the biggest mistake that I ever made is keeping that a secret for such a long time because I could have got out of it. You know, I could have told my mom that he slapped me the first time he slapped me and, you know, my life would have probably took a different path or, you know, when that shit happened, when I was in his car, I could have called my mom and told her, look, ma, you need to come, you send for me because I got to go because he's beating on me or call my dad or anybody because, you know, after the incident that happened at the club and I told my family, it was just like, yo, why didn't you tell us in the beginning? And You know, it's just like, I didn't know, like I didn't, I didn't want to leave, you know, and it's, again, it was the best decision that I've ever made in my entire life, just leaving, being able to be who I am intended to be. But, um, if somebody is out there now and you're listening to this and you are being abused and you feel like you don't have anybody to turn to, there's shelters, there's toll free numbers you can call. You don't have a cell phone. It's fine. You can, you know possibly call from somebody else's phone these places give you cell phones they give you um places where you can stay like it's just so many resources that people don't understand that they have when it comes to domestic violence and it's not right that you have to put up with it on your own but you have to tell somebody and i'm not telling somebody to get out of that situation by just picking up and leaving because you should always have a plan but you have to let somebody know. And one of the biggest mistakes that I did was not telling anybody and not, I never called the police because I was always afraid to call the police. But just know that there's people out there that love you and they will support you. Um, Even jobs, like my job has like the best resources for women of domestic violence. Like they don't play that shit. Like they will fucking help. And there's other companies that are out there that are, that are willing to assist people and you guys just have to know that there's there's people that will help you and you have to get out of those situations because it's just not healthy it's not healthy for you long term and you know South Carolina ranks one of the highest states if not the highest I know it ranks um the last time I checked my resources it was like fifth for deaths of women of domestic violence but that was just for the death so who knows what, so I, th- I think they may even rank number one when it comes to um, just domestic violence, period. But, you know, sometimes like, you know, I look back and I say, you know, it could have been an incident where, you know, he picked me up, he slammed me and I hit my head the wrong way and I'm dead, you know, or, you know, when I was in the car and that shit happened and, you know, I fractured my skull or something like that. You just, sometimes we tend to take light of, uh, Uh, an abusive situation and feel like oh well it's not gonna happen to me well sometimes the domestic violence situations are intended to just they just intend to hit you and it turns into death you know so don't take anything lightly somebody puts their hands on you on the first date walk the fuck away it's it's just that simple it's going to always escalate If they hit you once they're going to hit you again it's always going to fucking happen And we have to learn how to protect ourselves from mental abuse and domestic violence and all that other types of stuff, physical abuse, everything. You just have to learn how to protect yourself. And I just want to 
let you guys know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me because, you know, I feel like I am doing great right now. Um, Back then, I could have needed the support, but right now I'm good. And, you know, I don't want anyone hugging on me or anything like that. Like, this was very emotional um, to actually speak about. And I didn't really realize how this would have made me feel because I always you know I talk about this to people like oh, yeah girl I was abused you know I was in an abusive relationship blah, blah. but I never sat back and really thought to tell my story until I started seeing some of the news clips and you know the the woman who was shot and killed in her driveway by her boyfriend and then you know the other incident with fabulous and how you know, I watched the clip when he kind of jumped at her and she, she like leaped back and she was kind of scared. And I thought to myself, like, I've been that person where somebody just jumped at me and I'd like, yo, like, what the fuck? Like, he's going to hit me. But, um, if you know, like your friend or anybody is going through this or if they, if they've gotten, um, they've left that relationship and they've, you know, gotten into a new relationship or they've left that relationship and they're, um, no longer dating anyone at the time check on them talk to them let them know that you're there for them mentally and support them take them out the house like it's just you know you have to have a really good support system and if you are the person that is a part of the support just make sure you're supporting that person because there's nothing worse than being by yourself when you know that happens um but yeah that's my story um and you know I'm just grateful that I was able to share that with you guys. I'm grateful that I was able to come through it alive and, you know, minor bruises. Um, but, you know, I'm good. Yeah. So that's uh, episode three of Ask Ronnie. And um, again, I just want to thank you guys for listening, um, sharing, and just, you know, being here for me and and allowing me to record this late episode for you guys. Uh, I don't know what the next episode will be, but it will be something that's pretty juicy. Um, but yeah, thank you all for your support and um, have a wonderful day.